0: What if you were better equipped to beat your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm going to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. Many of us associate vulnerability with feelings of uncertainty, shame, or fear. Throughout most of my childhood and into my adult life, I was taught either directly by the adults in my life or indirectly by the dictates of society that it wasn't okay to display vulnerability. While this idea certainly applies to women, being vulnerable and or displaying vulnerability as a man was a non-starter. And since I learned that vulnerability is akin to weakness, I avoided it. as I didn't want to come anywhere near the possibility of rejection or failure. The reality is that while vulnerability in 2023 is still related to weakness in the minds of many, it's actually a deeply important part of the human experience. And learning to display vulnerability can bring with it greater joy, love, and authenticity in our lives. And making the decision to be vulnerable actually levels up your mindset and allows you to achieve peak performance, most notably in your relationships with others. Let's get started. If you looked up the definition of weakness, it would say something like the condition of being weak, with synonyms including fault, defect, powerlessness, and wait for it, vulnerability. If you look up the definition of vulnerability, it would say something like, Susceptibility to attack or injury, or the state or condition of being weak or poorly defended. A bit of a confusing start when considering that displaying vulnerability can bring about greater joy, love, and authenticity while enhancing and not detracting from our relationships. Perhaps a better way of thinking about our vulnerabilities is that they're limitations, It's a trite thing to assert that we're all flawed beings trying to close the gap between who and what we are to who and what we want to become. So one of the first things to reconcile when it comes to vulnerability is that it's not a weakness, but rather a strength. You see, when we let our guards down, we allow others to see us as we truly are. Another way of saying that is we allow people to see us as our authentic selves, we stop trying to please and seek validation from others. Be sure to check out season one, episode six of the Quest for Life podcast, Validation as Addiction. This is noteworthy because when we put our self-worth in the hands of others, the goalpost is always moving and we're wrecked at the first sign of disappointment or criticism. But when we display vulnerability to others, we're basically saying to the world, here I am. Take me as I am. If you don't like me for who and what I am, that's okay. I have a person who is extraordinary, extraordinarily close to me in my life that has really struggled with showing the world, here I am. This is who I am. If you don't like me for who and what I am, that's okay. This person struggles because they were taught to put their self-worth in the hands of other people and it's become really, really difficult to to unwind that you know emotional reality it's been extraordinarily difficult and I remember telling this person that I accept you for who and what you are. I accept you for all of the wonderful virtues that you 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 provide to the world. I accept you for all the flaws that you provide to the world and it's okay to commute vo- communicate vulnerabilities and That was one of the first times this person had ever almost in some way been given permission to be themselves. And it's an extraordinarily freeing moment. It's also an extraordinarily sort of weird moment for that person because they've never been truly accepted for who and what they are. And being able to display that type of vulnerability going forward has actually allowed this person to flourish, to blossom into a leader at work into showing up better in their personal relationships it's been extraordinarily powerful so going back to what i said just a moment ago vulnerability should be perceived not as a weakness but as a strength and another strength of being vulnerable is that it builds empathy according to the greater good science center a research institute that studies the psychology sociology and neuroscience of well-being Empathy is a building block of morality that allows people to put themselves in someone else's shoes. and It's also a key ingredient of successful relationships as it helps us understand the perspectives, needs, and intentions of others. Said differently, when we let our guards down and share our feelings, it encourages others to do the same, which allows for enhanced interpersonal connection. It allows us to become more understanding in addition to having a great willingness to forgive others and give them love. As a child, my relationship with my dad was fundamentally good, but he was from a different generation and he lived in a world where he didn't like to see kids crying, particularly boys crying. Well, it made that relationship really, really hard because whenever I let my guard down to share my feelings, that was met with, met with pushback. It was met with frustration. It was met sometimes with anger because he couldn't relate to my tears in the moment. He couldn't relate to my sadness in the moment. And this is not an indictment of my father. I loved my father. I had a, I had a good relationship with him, but he was uncomfortable sharing his feelings, which you know, by as a consequence, really discouraged me from sharing my feelings with him, especially when those feelings were met with pushback. It created a, a really sort of interesting dynamic, to say the least. But being vulnerable helps us process our emotions faster instead of pushing them away or brushing them under the rug, which promotes emotional and mental health. If you think about this in, the ter- in terms of conflict, it's like how does conflict happen well we're talking about the substance of an issue the merit of a particular issue and then there might be a disagreement and we all know how this goes it's like the anatomy of a fight we have we, we have a topic that devolves into disagreement that further devolves into argument and we are we're very likely communicating our emotions and we're very likely communicating vulnerability in that moment but then it's met with resistance and This becomes really somewhat fascinating because our knee-jerk reaction is to say, you know what, rather than actually take this down the road where it could lead to conflict, let me just go ahead and push it away or brush it under the rug. But that's antithetical to what it means to promote emotional and mental health. Conflict, provided that it's emotionally or physically or psychologically safe, is an extraordinarily good thing. And communicating our vulnerability in that moment is actually a very, very good thing, even though it requires us to deal with discomfort. It it requires us to actually push into and through the struggle of whatever that moment is. It allows us to process our emotions faster rather than pushing them away or avoiding them or pushing it under the rug. Still further, displaying vulnerability as a sign and act of courage. And this flies in the face of the, uh, this idea that vulnerability is weakness. I mean, after all, when we're vulnerable, we're putting ourselves, quote, out there. And depending on who we're choosing to be vulnerable with, what we, what we get in return is, quite frankly, a coin flip. Those that we trust and those that have our best interest in mind, and those that care about us, tend not to use our vulnerabilities against us. Unfortunately, there are individuals that will, at one point or another, use that information to hurt us. You need to know this says more about them than it does you. Even in the moment where you feel like the sky is falling and that this is a reflection on you, it's absolutely not. You need to know that when someone uses your vulnerabilities against you, it says more about them than it does you. It doesn't it doesn't take the sting out of it though. It doesn't take the sting out of the violation. And it also doesn't mean you shouldn't be vulnerable because one of the things that happens as we get burned by people over time. So we become cynical and jaded and we, we don't put ourselves out there. We don't expose those raw underbelly. And while that is really a self-protective act, it doesn't it's not overly helpful when we're trying to level up our mindset to have deeper, meaningful connections with others. What it means is that the other person can't be fully trusted with loving your authentic self. This is ultimately what that means. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't put ourselves out there. It means that that person that committed the violation against you just simply can't be trusted with loving you as your authentic being. And this reminds me of a quote by the famous poet Maya Angelou. And it goes like this. When someone shows you who they truly are, believe them the first time. Now, what I'm not saying is that people don't get things wrong. I mean, I've been in so many relationships where I've gone through periods of of time where I just can't seem to get it right. Or I've said plenty of things that have been hurtful or stupid or whatever. And in those moments, it's really the, the worst part of me showing up, but it's not my authentic self showing up. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is someone that is, is mean spirited, that goes out of their way to use your vulnerabilities against you. And if you identify those people, ground in Maya Angelou's quote, when someone shows you who they truly are, believe them the first time. An example of this is telling someone you love them, especially for the first time. But this idea applies applies to long-term relationships as well. Saying I love you, it's a declaration. I love you is a declaration, and it communicates an extraordinarily powerful message because you're communicating your love for the other person and want them to know it, which could be met with reciprocation, silence, or indifference. Now, I'm a firm believer that we should tell people how we feel about them independent of their response, as your love shouldn't be contingent on them loving you back or telling you that they love you in return. I'd like to say that again. I am a firm believer that we should tell people how we feel about them. Pick this up now. Independent of their response. Our love for someone and our communicating our love for someone shouldn't be Contingent on them loving us back or them telling us that they love us. Your love for them is separate from their love for you, or not. It's, it's entirely separate. And displaying vulnerability in this way, without an expectation that, it is, that it's reciprocated, relates back to a previous point about not having your self-worth in other people's hands. The last thing you want is to lose half a day with your self-esteem wrecked, although that would provide you a significant amount of information about whether your love for the other person is either genuine or mature, because if it's contingent on them loving you back or telling you that they love you, then your love for them, your, quote, love for them may not, in fact, be real. It certainly isn't mature. This is certainly something to ponder. Another thing to ponder is the role of vulnerability in the workplace, as vulnerability in leadership is a topic that continues to trend in contemporary organizations. Interestingly, if you ask someone, what are your core strengths as a leader? They would likely hear words like vision, confidence, integrity, trustworthiness, excellent communication skills, and the like, and all of those You fit the description of core strengths. All of those are extraordinary extraordinary leadership traits and characteristics. Vulnerability, however, tends not to make that list, and yet it can be an incredibly powerful form of leadership or integrating into your leadership. Think about it this way. Leaders are often placed on a pedestal. However rightly or wrongly, they're placed on a pedestal, and they generally feel it's unacceptable to be wrong or display anything that resembles weakness. For example, many leaders don't like being put in situations where they don't have the answer for something. And less self-aware leaders, what they do in that moment is they try to navigate through it because anything resembling weakness in the form of saying, I don't know, just doesn't fit for them and they feel like it if they don't have the answer how does that reflect you know to the to the group that they are supposedly leading well the reality is if it's better if you don't know the answer to something simply by simply say i don't know and that you'll find the answer for them by the end of the day or the end of the week rather than trying to navigate through it getting it wrong and then having to you know unwind the the wrongness of your answer. New York Times bestselling author, podcast host, and leading expert on social connection, Brene Brown, suggests that vulnerability is a crucial relationship quality. In fact, she says that it's a quote, must have strength, because she discovered in her research that vulnerability is at the root of interpersonal connection. As with the previously stated points, displaying vulnerability is the courage to be yourself, Which is antithetical to being submissive or weak. This is a really, really important point. Displaying vulnerability is the courage to be yourself, which is the opposite of being submissive or weak. Now, what I'm not suggesting is that we as leaders communicate our vulnerabilities willy nilly by saying exactly how we feel about anyone and everyone whenever the mood strikes us. We need boundaries as leaders, we need to behave appropriately. Brene Brown suggests things like, number one, calling an employee or colleague whose child isn't well. What's wrong with that? That actually communicates com- communicates you know, a heightened level of emotional intelligence in that moment because you have an employee or colleague that might be dealing with increased stress and anxiety at their child not being well. Number two, reaching out to someone who experienced a loss in their family. There's exactly nothing wrong with doing that, to try to sympathize or empathize with someone that you're, you're working with that is going through an unimaginably hard time. Number three, asking someone for help. This absolutely puts us out there, especially if we don't have the answers for things. And most people that are in leadership positions are extraordinarily self-reliant, and they've gotten to the, the, the place where they are in their life because the behaviors, actions, and process that they've engaged in has you know, led them to this success. And heaven forbid, they shouldn't know how to do something or shouldn't know the answer for something. So whenever they ask someone for help, it, it communicates a, a heightened level of vulnerability. Number four, taking responsibility for something that went wrong at work. I mean, my goodness, what's wrong with that? I mean, provided that you didn't engage in some sort of you know, career ending behavior, taking responsibility and ownership for getting something wrong or making a mistake actually makes you more appealing. To, to others, to your direct reports, to your followers, to your coworkers, than abdicating responsibility. And yet our default position is to abdicate responsibility. Number five, asking your team for feedback on your strengths and weaknesses. Notice I said weaknesses, not the euphemism of opportunities, but asking your team for feedback on strengths and weaknesses so that you can be a better leader. Like Wow, talk about putting yourself out there. Unfortunately, we've been taught to keep business, business and personal, personal. It's not. It offends my sensibilities whenever I hear expressions like it's, it's business, it's not personal or it's not personal, it's business or some variation of those. B- business is intensely personal to people. They, they they've got their livelihoods riding on it. Even if they don't like their job or don't line up with the mission and vision of the organization, it's intensely personal. And to hear something like that is overtly, you know, irresponsible. And rather than being willing to be vulnerable, though, you know, we never let uh, others see us sweat in professional settings by avoiding feelings of anger, sadness, embarrassment, guilt, or shame. Ironically. When we never let others see us sweat, we become less influential in the lives of others. And in many ways, we become powerless. You see, you can use leadership, influence, and power all interchangeably because they all come down to influence. Leadership is an influence process. Influence sets self-explanatory. When it comes to power, this isn't getting someone to do something against their own will. That's not power. That's force. When it comes to power, though, when we empower others to go you know, do their job the way they see fit, we become more influential in their life because they believe we have their best interest in mind. Once they start believing we have their best interest in mind, they trust us. And once they trust us, they commit to us. They view us as a leader, they give us more influence, influence and power in their life. That's how this works. We can't, we can't take influence. We can't go and grab influence from someone and say, "I'm influential in your life." That doesn't work. It has to be granted to us. But when we're less willing to take responsibility, you know, we, we, we don't, we don't want other people to look down on us. We don't want other people to look down on us if they do, in fact, see us sweat. We actively avoid conflict because displaying any emotions must be perceived as weakness by others. Now, you have to pick your spots, but displaying emotions isn't necessarily weak. The degree to which we display our emotions, obviously, that needs to be considered. And in our attempts to suppress our emotions, we shut down parts of ourselves or hide our true selves from others, which ultimately compromises the integrity of the relationships. Said another way... Suppressing our emotions and not showing up as our authentic selves makes things worse, not better. I'm going to say that again. I know I've repeated myself multiple times today, but attempts at suppressing our emotions and not showing up as our authentic selves actually makes things worse, not better. But that's not what it feels like in the moment, is it? No, we feel like we have to play defense, especially if we've been burned in the past by others. As leaders, however, we need to take risks in the pursuit of achieving our vision and communicating our vulnerabilities with people allows us to develop the stamina in other relationships, which drives deeper connection. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't offer a counter argument here. In researching this podcast, I came across a website called thepowermoves.com, wherein Lucio Beffelmano, that was a tough one, (laughs) outlined what he calls the drawbacks of vulnerability. From the content, he he makes it pretty clear that, quote, there is a thin line between vulnerability and pathetic weakness, unquote. He contends that, number one, you can't be vulnerable if you want to lead because you'll lose all the authority and respect of your employees. Number two, you can't be vulnerable in results-based organizations as the nature of those organizations are cutthroat. Number three, you can't be vulnerable upon meeting someone as vulnerability during introductions and early socialization is a networking faux pas. Number four, Some specific roles don't allow for vulnerability, such as in the military or other organizations where lives are on the line, such as police departments, fire departments, emergency responders, etc. Lucio's critique should be considered carefully. I don't want to blow past this. His critique should be considered carefully as he raises a number of credible points. First, displaying vulnerability right when you meet someone for the first time is, in fact, a social no-no. I mean, the last thing you want to do is communicate, you know, past trauma or pain to someone that you just simply met. I think we can all agree on that point. Next, there are organizations where displaying vulnerability is less appropriate, such as in top-down authoritative hierarchies like the military. When decisions need to be made quickly and or when decisions that are need to be made are unpopular, displaying vulnerability can communicate uncertainty and weakness. So that's within that top down authoritative hierarchy. So if we need to make decisions fast or when we need to make decisions that are unpopular, communicating vulnerability in the moment isn't overly helpful because other other people can internalize that as uncertainty and weakness. I don't, however, agree that you can't be vulnerable if you want to lead, or you can't be vulnerable in results based organizations. I happened to have the opportunity 13 or so years ago to become the district manager for 11 24 hour fitness locations in the Southwest United States. And As a strong principal leader, I was able to gain greater loyalty and respect from my team members when I admitted a weakness or took responsibility for getting something wrong. Now, I didn't grow up through... The 24-hour fitness chain. I worked for a division of 24-hour fitness. So my appointment to a district manager position required that I basically learn through a fire hose for the first 90 days. And there were many times where I admitted, quote, weakness because I simply didn't know what I didn't know. Doing so, though, it made me more relatable. It showed them that I'm just as flawed as they are despite having a position of authority. Interestingly, research shows that when people who seem, quote, too good, when they make a mistake or show vulnerability, they're, they're much more liked by others. Isn't that that's sort of ironic? Research tells us that people when people are perceived as too good and then when they make a mistake and then they subsequently show vulnerability, they're actually liked more by other people. Additionally, people like to see that your vulnerabilities don't stop you from pushing into and through the struggle and adversity in your life. They like to see that it makes you human. For example, most public speakers feel nervous and anxious before giving a talk, even if they're an experienced speaker. Before taking the stage, they might say something like, wow, I'm I'm really nervous. My legs are shaking. And then it's showtime. When other people observe this, they admire the person for moving forward despite their vulnerability. And it should be noted that some people do use vulnerability in manipulative ways to gain favor and attention from others. I'm not promoting that in any way, but you need to know that it's a thing. So be on the lookout for that. And in, in your cases, be authentic when you're communicating vulnerability. People admire people that push into and through the struggle uh, uh, you know, in the face of their vulnerability. And if, if the goal is, is better, more meaningful relationships, perhaps you should consider giving vulnerability a try. Perhaps you can, should consider you know, deleting, deleting your past memories of what vulnerability is if it resembles anything relative to weakness because it's not a weakness, it's actually a strength, especially in, in you know, building positive, productive relationships with other people. As we wrap up another episode of the Quest for Life podcast, I encourage you to give some thought to the arguments for and against displaying vulnerability in a variety of different types of settings and with a variety of different types of people. And then ask yourself, how much is my self-worth put, rephrase, how much of my self-worth am I putting in the hands of this person or that person? how much self-worth, how much of my self-esteem am I putting in the hands of this person or that person? From there, ask yourself, am I able to trust this person with being vulnerable? Will this person use my vulnerabilities against me? Will they actually actually care for the vulnerabilities that I communicate? What would it mean if I told someone I love them and they didn't reciprocate? Would that wreck you for half a day? as a leader, is it appropriate to display my vulnerabilities? Or am I using my vulnerability in a manipulative way to get what I want from the situation? Or am I being my authentic self? Answers to these questions will most assuredly be illuminating. And such illumination will no doubt level up your mindset in new and different ways. As usual, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number for life.com. You can also connect with me if you're interested in learning more about leveling up your mindset to achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining the conversation.